When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's Tuesday. It is a little later than planned. Normally we get to you in the early afternoon because we've recorded on Monday, but we felt this week we should come to you properly on a Tuesday. It would only be right that we got back to the real ways, although next week's probably going to be Monday, but hey. It's me and the big man. How you doing, fella? Yes, mate. It's uh, it's good. It's weird doing this on a Tuesday. I think we both had um, some bits on yesterday. Um, <clears throat> there's been a bit of upheaval in my life for the last uh, 10, 14 days or so. Um, it's all good. It's all pretty much resolved now. But um, yeah, it did, it did cause some, uh, I won't say issues, but time and stress issues. So apologies to everyone listening to this who didn't get the matchup show last week. But, you know, it's good to, good to be back in your ears uh, and business is going to resume as normal from now on. 100%. I mean, you said we had stuff to do. Mine was, mine was pretty unexciting. I had to go and collect uh, our click and collect shopping for the week. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it was good. I only had to go to the local depot and not one absolutely miles away, which was a bonus. But yeah, otherwise, standard procedure, like you say. It's good, to, it's good that you've got what resolved what you needed to because... That was I know that was churning away in the background. So, yeah, I mean, we we met the day before we went into lockdown, and uh, I sort of vented a bit about what was going on. It's you know, it wasn't a pleasant experience, but it's done. That's the other side. I come out ahead, so that's the that's the good thing. Um, but yeah, it did it did great um, some time, and it did make it very very difficult for a few days there. So that's why there was no match up pod, and apologies for that. Well, no start sits last week, but did get plenty in. So I, I hope I, I answered some questions and. Helped you all get some wins. Uh, there was a good record out there for people, despite the fact there was a lot of buys last week. We we had a good week in our listener leagues. I think yeah. we almost swept. Um, I think we lost uh, three out of 17 this, this week. So we won 14 out of 17 listener leagues this week. So that's a, that's a pretty good week. I wasn't quite as good uh, <laughs> across the board anywhere else. But uh, I pushed this week, went. 35 and 35 so i can't really moan anytime you're not losing 
Hundred percent. I think I was over five hundred when I checked sleeper this week. A lot of my bars were on the right side, and there was a few trophies knocking about this morning, which was always good because I think my bye week hell is next week, so I'm not expecting <laughs> next week to be any good. But I took advantage of people's bye weeks this week. So uh, what's what's new at Five Yard, Murph? Anything new and exciting to report? Um, we revamped our. Well, first of all, um, like to thank the person or people who decided to set up a troll account. Uh, six yard rush on twitter that was um interesting um <laughs> i mean I, I didn't really mind um i thought it was it was funny um i more importantly applaud the person who did seven yard rush um and created a troll account of the troll account that was that was quite genius so whoever that was you know kudos um but yeah it was uh, yeah i mean it, it's interesting when you get people sort of knocking you for putting out content and it's like okay i mean cheers <laughs> yeah. um i don't know why people feel the need to to do those sorts of things i personally either as i said about a really tough week didn't really enter my mind as to how it didn't even really register a flick other than the fact i thought it was a bit funny but um yeah i mean that was new so but you know there was something one of our patrons raised and and it was right that we made some changes to that this week so going forward if you want to see our full ranks they are going to be on patreon.com uh, there's links in the show notes here there's links in the uh, on the website as well so our full ranks will be there we will display our top 12 from each position um but all the up-to-date ranks including all the ranks i do upwards and including of sunday that i submit to fantasy pros will be on patreon so i'll push a couple of updates there this week what else um also if you join the patreon um we are kindly going to offer to co-own one of your teams um now when we say co-own we're not going to set lineups for you and we're not going to do waivers for you but we will be on hand effectively to see the state of play, to offer recommendations. You know, we'll look at the waiver lists um, and we'll say, you know, you should maybe pick up this person and we'll, we'll be effectively like um, a helping hand because what you don't really want is somebody to just say, oh, well, you've just bought a ringer in mid season to kind of help you. And, and, you know, we don't even necessarily have to be a co-owner on sleeper if that's, you know, and you know, if you want us to be and we get full visibility, great. Um, but ultimately, um, you'll just get the opportunity to chat us via Slack. We'll either set up a, a private Slack channel for your team or we'll find a way to communicate that works best with you. And we will share inputs and we'll look at, at the state of play and offer suggestions and, and really just sort of be, I don't want to say a coach, more like just um, a sounding board. Um, and we'll offer some opinions and it's up to you to decide if you want to do that. We're not going to run your team. Um, but we are going to be sort of personal assistant. We'll be like your assistant coach. We'll be like your offensive coordinator. That's a good way of putting it. So we'll be like your offensive coordinator. We'll offer some plays up and you as the head coach can make that decision. So that's another service we're providing on, on Patreon. And then also we're going to have all our patrons on the podcast very soon. And we're also going to do a Zoom call. So now's a really good time to join. You can join for the price of a cup of coffee a month um there's also you know if you stay with us for a certain amount of time depending on what tier you get a t-shirt or a hoodie you know there's there's lots of cool stuff um that you get on top of of everything and you get to be part of a cool community our, our patrons this year are playing for an nfl jersey as well uh, against the staff so there's a lot of stuff going on on there and that will continue to grow even more especially as we get more patrons supporting so none of this is free um things like the book and everything have come a long way to ensure that stocks and I are, are not putting our life savings into this. Um, <laughs> so that's good. Um, but yeah, it is definitely just anything that you can contribute is just incredibly important to just keep us going. We plan to do the book next year. We plan to do a few other things. We also plan to bring a more charitable element next year. So there's a lot of things going on. It's an exciting time to to join. So um please join the patreon uh yeah like i said it's a few quid a month um depending on the tier and also you'll join our private slack channel you um most of them on there even have my mobile number and they can just whatsapp me and i happily give it out to any of our patrons so that they can but yeah troll uh, wrote one troll tweet and then they got reported by i think it was like 50 people reporting them and booted them off twitter so that was quite funny <laughs> I was I was quite a fan of their pirate badge that they'd inserted over our emblem though, which was pretty good. I thought that was sort of 
that would adorn a, a, a flagship in the Peppa Pig series or something <laughs> like that. So, yeah, it was a good one. It was a good one. But also, Murph, you not forgot, but I thought I'd bring it up. If you only listen to the flagship show, you're doing it wrong. I mean, we've got Five Yard College over there. Boys are doing a tremendous job. Pitsy and Rob now on a Friday with a Fast Action Friday hit. And I don't know whether you heard it, Rush Nation, but uh, Nick and Mark have now got their own DFS pod. It's... Uh, just dropping on our channel it doesn't have its own channel as of yet that monster hasn't been born but who knows let's see how that one goes but last week they did pretty well i think they cashed as well which is always good news yeah and uh they were <laughs> funny they were talking about having a real short snappy one and then they did their first one and both got talking and it turned into an hour long so that was i did say that to them i said boys podcasting gets that way and it will happen and I, yeah but I think they are going to try and keep it short snappy and fun and going forward hopefully they can uh, keep cashing out because good stuff and listen hey this that's a really good way to pay for your patreon membership every month is if you do dfs and listen to those guys and you you know you've only got cash once to pay for it so if we're giving you the advice or sorry nick and mark are giving you the advice to therefore pay uh for your patreon subscription because you've only got the cash once a month um it's like a five yard full circle uh, yeah it's a full circle that keeps going on and on but it's it's good fun and you know they they did a great job and there's room for more you know we haven't got idp content covered um you know mason's doing a good job on idp streamers so that's a new thing we'd love to get involved with some more dynasty stocks and i are very limited with the time that we put into it, especially mid-season we have rankings uh, stocks does a ton of editing on all the articles that go on the site um i you know write a ton of content and a ton of um rankings and podcasts and and statistical analysis as well so you know we're, we're at almost full capacity that's why we've not had many guests this year because of the amount of time we're doing to get the content to you that's going to help you win um it's not that we can't get people on we've got a lot of people that, that want to come on and we'll definitely get them going when I think probably when lockdown helps and cuts down a bit and we're not at home all the time would be helpful, but there's a lot more coming, but we also is room for all of you. So if anyone wants to write for the site, if anyone wants to do a podcast, you know, we're looking for people, you're not just automatically going to walk in the door and, and do a podcast next week. Um, you know, you, you got to stick with us for a period of time. Um, Nick's been writing for us for close to a year now um pitsy rob similar sorts of time um pitsy over a year now uh rob probably just under a year these guys um have really sort of bought their time and 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 put the work in and shown their commitment and but it also shows that we do give opportunities to people you know ash the same tom the same all these guys all people that wrote for us and they now all have pods and and you could too so if you ever wanted to get into it but rather than starting your own don't know where to start you can join our network it's going to be going bigger and, and better and you know we just want people that have got the passion for it 100 and you don't have to have strong beard game like murph and i i mean that's just <laughs> we're just you can just see us right now but some of the other guys they don't have beards. yours has really come on i mean like yours has really got strong in the last couple of weeks yeah so i my sister got married uh spoiler alert if no one knows that it's no longer a secret my sister got married at the beginning <laughs> of october so um uh yeah to nick who used to be on the podcast and i decided that they are having their party exactly a year to the date next october so i thought what i try and do is go full viking up until their wedding next year because there's nothing else in between now and then so yeah no way you do it well no i mean the wife will probably kill me but watch there's no way you make it i no way i don't even think you make january one oh well there's a wager I'll tell you what, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll do this now on on recording, right? If you make it to January 1 without shaving your beard at all, I'll donate 20 quid to the charity of your choice. Yeah, sold. Absolutely sold. Somebody tweet my missus. (laughs) Tell her right now there's a bet gone down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll donate 20 quid to the charity of your choice if if you do not shave a single hair. Nose hair's all right, you can trim that. (laughs) <laughs> well can i can i do my neck i don't want a neck beard oh come on that's uh, the... go on then it's a charity because yeah, I, I wear snoods and stuff at work and they itch and okay right next next a good one. right let's do some actual nfl football fantasy talk Murph. let's talk some news 
And uh, five of the Steelers are on the COVID list as of this afternoon. Big Ben, Vince Williams, Jalen Samuels, Gerald Hawkins are the Steelers who have landed on the list and will be isolated for five days. Five days seems like a random time. Each will have to pass COVID-19 tests throughout the week before potentially being eligible to play in Sunday's game against the Bengals. I think the five days is to do with um, one for retesting to see if it's a false positive. But then also that's just the American timeline is if you show symptoms you isolate for five days and then if you have a, a, a negative test um at the end of those five days then you're clear um that's kind of we he, here we have seven days or if you're with other people it's 10 or 14 days um so it's five seven you know it's a couple of days here and there but you, you're still required to have multiple negative tests right prior to coming back so like what happened with matt stafford last week he had a positive COVID test. This is quite interesting. So he had a positive COVID test. And don't forget, he tested a positive earlier in the season. It turned out to be a false positive. Um, I think you and I joked about this when we saw each other. And I was like, what happens if it's a false positive? Mm. And then he ended up isolating. Then he had a negative test on the Friday. He took a private plane to where they were playing at the weekend. So he completely isolated. He stayed in a different wing of the hotel, like completely by himself. Um, completely isolated away from everyone, got a negative test on the Saturday and then got a negative test on the Sunday morning that cleared him to play. That's intense, isn't it? Because if he'd have got a positive Sunday, then it would have all been for nothing, but I guess... Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, that that's the good thing is with some players, you don't know if it's a false positive. With Matt Stafford, given the time frame, you'd lean towards him probably having another false positive there. Um, and he's had multiple tests since to to show he doesn't have it. And with these guys, that's always a... So the reason why there's so many false positives is testing is only about 70% accurate. So if you think the amount of players that get tested, there are multiple false positives every week. Mm. It, that is, it's, it's a statistical um, likelihood that there'll be multiple false positives. So when you get a false positive, and we saw this on Hard Knocks with, um, with one of the coaches, one of the Ryan sons had uh, for the Chargers had... Uh, a false positive, and he came back to work. So it is possible that out of these five, there's at least one, maybe more, that have a false positive. So who knows? So that's why don't be alarmed just yet. Don't panic. Make the roster moves you need to make. Really, the only one here that has any kind of relevance for most fantasy leagues is is Big Ben. Um, And if you have him, you can pick up um, a Tua or um, someone like that off the wave of wireless cover should definitely do that anyway you know don't be surprised if ben plays sunday mm. we, he might we, not i'm not you know we don't know but it wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility for ben to turn up and play sunday yeah he's on stafford time we should call it from now on that sort of, uh, <laughs> the window of stafford opportunity so but, it's funny because um, matt stafford has beaten covid tests as many times as he's beaten opposition this season oh that's just a low blow <laughs> that's such a low blow we apologize matt we know you're listening um but yeah, we did talk about picking up a second quarterback anyway, didn't we, last week or the week before, perhaps? Well, a lot of people are. So a lot of the, the waiver wise are very thin. So I look at the ESPN ownership numbers, and there's just not many options out there of players I really want to own. I, you know, this, this week it was Tua and Drew Locke, but Drew Locke is coming back off two, 300 yard games. And, mm. you know, with the injuries that, you know, he seems to be fully healthy, maybe that's a trend that can continue. And then, but, you know, I'm looking at Drew Locke versus. Joe Flacco, Kirk Cousins, uh, there's not many more. Uh, Garrett <laughs> Gilbert, uh, you know, uh, I think that's about it. Yes, um, there's, you know, you, you know, those bottom end quarterback Sam Darnold, um, those bottom end quarterbacks that really just hurt you as opposed to really help you on a week by week basis. Mm. 100%. Falcons' former first-round defensive end, Tack McKinley, has been waived by the Falcons. <laughs> this comes after him tweeting that annihilated his value pretty much he said he wanted to be traded last year i think for a second and then yeah. he asked again to be traded this year for a fifth and a sixth or a sixth and a seventh and then they've just decided to waive him <laughs> yeah i mean he basically called the organization clowns um he also put yeah as you said he tanked his own value i think we talked about it on here that he was that desperate to go um it's an interesting one the falcons need to eat whatever cap they couldn't take him going into next year I don't know why 
if you're going to waive him, I don't know why you've not accepted an offer that's coming for him, even a fifth and a sixth or whatever the offer was. It's better than what you've got now, which is his salary. You're going to have to pay up. So you've eaten the salary anyway, Mm. and you've got nothing in return. So it's really bad management. I know they don't have a GM right now, but you just have to look at that scenario and think somebody has to take control and someone should have just taken anything for, for him. Um, you know, even a conditional 2022 seventh round pick, you, you're not paying the salary. You know, you're trading the salary off. So even if you're getting a literally nothing in return, it's still better to trade him than to cut him. Yeah, it's that same bad management that made them take Travis Etienne at uh, six in the mock draft we just did with the five-yard college boys. So if you haven't heard that Rush Nation, go and check that out because I'm an I honestly, beaut I can of a hear... pick. I can hear Josh. I, I'm sorry. I can hear Jack Duffin going absolutely mental at that pick because he is just like you cannot take a running back in the first round. Oh, I, I'm completely on board. But then I, I looked at the team needs and thought quarterback now, nah, not really nothing here. Running back, yeah, right. Let's go with that because it's a mock draft <laughs> and it'll be fun. So, yeah, fair enough. It was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. Uh, Cowboys EVP Stephen Jones has said Andy Dalton to resume starting role when cleared. Meh. That's just... There was another piece of interesting news that came out about an hour ago that Jerry Jones has said Dak is our quarterback. So they clearly, they will not take a quarterback in, in the first round of the draft. They, they've sarcasm? pulled that out. No, I oh, genuinely, I, be- I genuinely I believe that... I tell whether you were being tombstone sarcasm <laughs> or not. No, no, no. They, they genuinely, uh, Jerry Jones, and I believe him, has said he's not going to go QB. I genuinely feel they will do a deal. I said it on here before. Um, they can't do a deal now. If anyone's wondering why don't they just sign him, the the league rules state that they cannot negotiate with him until the league year starts next year. So they cannot do a deal with him until that period happens. So they can do all the all the paperwork effectively and all the negotiations, and I'm sure they're probably pretty close on, on a few things. So I think that says that Dak will be a, a cowboy next year. Uh, and for the foreseeable, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Browns designate running back Nick Chubb to return from injured reserve. This is going to hurt Kareem Hunt's value somewhat. Kareem Hunt has been disappointing. Mm. I I think Kareem Hunt's been better when Nick Chubb has been on the field. Yeah, I I almost lean to agree with that. Um, I think that teams have been able to manage Kareem Hunt a little bit. Listen, where's he disappointing? He's still been a solid RB2 over the the time that, that Chubb has been out. So when I'm saying he's disappointing, he's still playable. Like he's still more than playable. He's still a top 18 running back in the league. But when when Chubb went down, you looked at Hunt and you thought, that's a top six running back now. Like that's a top six running back. And he has not delivered those numbers. Um, whereas I still think he carries top 18 to top. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going down too much from where he is now. He'll be a top 24 running back every week, but now you've got Chubb to come in and really sort of make advantages for Cleveland as they push towards the playoffs. Yeah. hundred percent. So the Pats win on Monday night football with a buzzer beater field goal, 30 to 27. I have not seen a single highlight from this game yet. Do I need to? I, it's an interesting watch. Um, it's basically two teams that just aren't very good um, and seeing how they try and combat not being very good. The Patriots just, uh, just shoved the ball down the throats of the jets. Um, and they just ran and ran and ran. Cam can't pass the football. He just can't, you know, uh, I sent a tweet out this morning that only one uh, they've, they've thrown one touchdown in five and a half games. Um, and that was not Cam. That was um, Jared Stidham to Nikhil Harry. It's the only passing touchdown they have in five and a half games. It's also the only wide receiving touchdown, uh, wide receiver to catch a touchdown this season, which is pretty dismal. I can't yeah. remember the last time I've seen a team play eight games and a wide receivers are combined for one touchdown. I mean, even the Jets aren't that bad. So you've got you've got them running the ball, the Patriots. They ran it pretty effectively. Damian Harris went down. The Jets. Listen, Adam Gaze, as I said, is the perfect part, the perfect person to get a team to win the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Um, and that's why they can't fire him because he does things that allows them to continue to lose. And they did this because rather than on, you know, on the, on the final series of the game and really all they're trying to do is just run the clock out to, to effectively try and 
minimise the chances of, of the Patriots winning. With, with good game management there, what, what you would probably be doing is is running the ball, taking taking the time off the clock. Um, instead, what um, Joe Flacco decided to do was pass the ball. So, all right, it was completed, got eight yards. Then uh, he was sacked, which, okay, still takes time off the clock. I mean, it's it's kind of better than than throwing the ball incomplete, but not enough. And then on, on third and seven, they uh, passed the ball. It was incomplete, whereas, you know, there's a minute left on the clock. There was no timeouts, I don't think, or maybe... Oh, there was there was a uh, yeah. They still had timeouts actually, so they might not have eaten too much. But they just the last couple of series, they just didn't manage the game well, and they should have really won that game. But they now have a two-game lead in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. So, you know, who, who's really laughing? I think if you're the Patriots, you're probably a bit upset you won that game because as much as it would be bad to lose to the Jets, you have jumped to 13th in the draft. Rank in the draft order now, whereas you were a top ten pick mm. for the Jets, you're probably quite glad with the result because even what what's the difference between one and eight and zero oh and nine? I mean, really, realistically, there isn't anything. So, you know, you've got a two game lead now in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. You know that both the Giants and, and Washington are trying to win games because they're new coaches in their first year. You would back both of them to win at least another game this season, if not two. So, realistically, Adam Gaze has got a nice two game window now where as long as he doesn't win more than two games, he should have the number one pick. Um, he probably knows he's getting fired at the end of the season. So why not just continue the job, take your paycheck, get the one pick and get sacked? Yeah, it's a good start. A new trend for people wanting to tank by hiring Adam Gaze as the guy to get them to that number one spot and then see you can just bounce around to teams that need a year or two to tank and then make a crust getting them the number one overall pick. I mean, he's he's the new Hugh Jack, uh, Hugh Jackson. That is effectively what he is. He's just someone who, there's no doubt that he's a good coach, and I mean that seriously. There's no doubt. I'm not saying head coach, but he's a good coach. You you don't get to be a head coach in the NFL and be bad, like a bad coach, as in like coaching the fundamentals of the game. I've got no doubt he probably works quite well with quarterbacks and he probably does a few things, but this job is too, is too big for him. It's probably too big for a lot of, of, a lot of people. And what this is showing is that just because you have one good skill set, it's not enough. Now in, in modern day NFL, you need to be able to be a good people leader. You have Mm -hmm. to be able to win over the players in the dressing room. And you need to get the performances out of them. Hugh Jackson didn't do it. Um, Dirk Cutter of the Buccaneers didn't do it. There's some coaches in the NFL now I'm not convinced do it. Anthony Lynn is right at the top of my list. I'm just not convinced that he is a good people manager. He looks good and he talks a talk, but they consistently lose year after year. Yeah, Vance Joseph didn't do it at the Broncos when he was head Vance coach. Joseph didn't do it. Again, great coordinator, by the way, Vance Joseph. Mm-hmm. Great coordinator. Um and there's, and there's a whole slew of them that are great coordinators, great football people, people you would hire to do a part of a job, an offensive coordinator, or a liner coach, or a skill position coach, or whatever it is. But these people, to be a head coach, you have to manage the whole operation. And that takes a very different skill set. Um, and for me, Adam Gaze has never demonstrated he can do that. He just never has. He's always isolated players. Um, and I think once you start doing that, and you can see with like the Jamal Adams thing, when you've got someone like that who's so adamant to leave, and the same thing, Doug Marone in, in Jacksonville is exactly the same. When you've got players willing to take pay cuts to leave, that's when you know you've got a bad culture. Mm-hmm. And, and as we've seen with teams, well, not teams, but the Patriots who build a good culture, all right, this year is different because they've lost key pieces through COVID and Brady leaving, obviously, but the culture that Belichick has instilled throughout the years at the Patriots has meant that they've gone on to win Super Bowls and stuff. And culture is the key impo- opponent, no, component, opponent. Mm. You don't want it to be the key opponent because then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. um, the key component, I think, to building a winning team in regardless of what you're doing, whether it be work, football, you know, even if it's just your five-a-side team down the park or your actual job, if you don't have a good culture, then you're in trouble. And it takes time to build that culture. And you mm-hmm. need to bring in personalities that match the culture you're trying to build. And I, I keep going back to Tampa because it's the, the team I know the best. You know, and I've said this time and time again, 
if Tom Brady doesn't win a Super Bowl, that doesn't make him a failure for what the Buccaneers are trying to do. They have brought in serial winners to instill a culture for future years. And they're setting a standard. And all right, Sunday they didn't do this, right? They, they got whooped. Missing out on a game, it happens, right? Everything goes wrong. Get a couple of bad calls, a couple of bad plays. You throw in interception. You put your defense under pressure before you know it. You snowball and you're out of the game. Happens. It's when it happens consistently over a season. That's the difference. And when you're bringing in players that are serial winners, they will elevate those around you. And that's one way of building a culture. Belichick doesn't have to do that because Belichick has that immediate respect. He's got six Super Bowl rings. He knows and he understands the game better than anybody. And he goes out there and drills fundamentals. There's different ways to skin the cat here. But ultimately, you have to have the gravitas. The person who's leading the team has to have that gravitas and that pull to make everybody accountable. And you've got to build a performance culture. Adam Gaze isn't doing it because he's never done it. Um, there's several coaches in the NFL right now, Doug Marone, there's a load of coaches out there that just do not do this. Um, and that's why you see people like John Gruden, you know, he's getting results. Do I think John Gruden wins the Super Bowl with Vegas? Probably not. But they were a bit of a laughing stock. They were a bit of a joke. You can see the progress year after year after year. They are moving in the right direction. They're pieces away. They still don't have the right, all the components they need. But he builds that culture and he will get them to a playoff berth within the next year or two. He'll get them to, he'll get them further than where they've been in years. Mm. And, and the last couple of weeks they've shown it, you know, beating Cleveland uh, two weeks ago and then they beat the Chargers this weekend, right? Yeah. And they, they you know, they beat the Chiefs this year. You know, yeah. they've, they've really been a, a good team um, this year for the most part. They're inconsistent at times. They were very bad against the Buccaneers. Um, but, that happens, you know, when you're on that journey, you're going to have off weeks. You're going to have periods where you don't perform. That happens. But for the most part, you look at the Raiders 2020 and you say, they're a better team than they were two years ago. And they were a better team than they were last year. Oh, 100%. And, and not a lot has changed between 2019, 2020. A few draft picks, a few new personnel, but mm-hmm. not a great. You look at that. All right, they added some some offensive weapons and wide receivers in the draft but they haven't changed and those guys aren't even really making the plays it's the hunter renfros it's the um you know darren wallers it's josh jacobs Mm -hmm. it's Derek carr all those guys have elevated their play yeah considering the talk in the offseason was Derek Carr bought a house next to Gruden and he's not even going to be the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders and Derek Carr has looked <clears> head <throat> and shoulders better this year than he did last year I mean a couple of deep passes yesterday uh, Sunday yeah were just phenomenal considering Derek Carr's yards per attempt have been pretty much league lowest Derek Carr is always the whipping boy right because he's not flashy he doesn't ever really turn up on a highlight reel he doesn't ever do much that makes you look at him and go wow i want to be like that guy but model professional i thought the way he handled the antonio brown saga was excellent because he waved that line between trusting his wide receiver and backing him but also backing the team very difficult line to cross i think he did it well i think he shows good leadership qualities he takes accountability puts the team on his shoulders he does what he has to do he's always got a high completion rate always around about 70 percent he doesn't really make that many mistakes. He just doesn't have the the highlight reel that a Patrick Mahomes has. And that's his knock, is he dink and dunks, dick and dunks. But if you look at him this season, he has thrown some pretty balls. He has looked good this season. Mm-hmm. He's definitely, for me, I would say that Derek Carr, for me, is the new Dalton line. So he is that quarterback that everyone behind him is someone that I probably think needs work. And I think Derek Carr, and that, that's not a slight on Derek Carr at all. I think he is the sort of the medium of, he's that level of play that you need to be to be successful in the NFL. And everyone below him is not that. Interesting. Just okay. like Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, is, it was exactly the same. You looked at Andy Dalton in, in Cincy and you looked at him and you went, very competent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Did his job every week, you know, without fail. Yes, does he have a few things he needs to work on? Yes. But ultimately, if you started Andy Dalton in your team, you weren't losing that often because of him. He was that line between competent and not competent. Yeah, it's fair. I was just trying to think of quarterbacks that I'd put ahead of Derek Carr, but then 
when you're trying to think of all 32 quarterbacks off the top of your head real quickly, it becomes a real puzzle that you don't uh, want to get so involved I'll, with. I'll give, you the, I'll give you the two that, for me, are below the line that could move north of the line. One is Tua, purely just down the amount of games he's played. It's no slight on him. I think he's done very well in the games he's played. He's played two games in the NFL. So I'm not going to say he's better than Derek Carr right now because mm-hmm. that's an insult to, to Derek Carr. The other one is, is Sam Darnold. At the moment, I think he's south of the line. Does he have the minerals to pull it out? Maybe, but he's probably going to have to go somewhere else to prove it. Um, yeah, we, Drew Locke's another one. Drew Locke's another one, I think, is below that line, but he could go, he could join him. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think disagree. he's there yet. I think Drew Locke is currently below the, below the line, but then uh, same with Sam Darnold and Drew Locke. We've never technically seen them with what their availability of weapons is to provide to prove to us. I mean, maybe Locke, Sam Yes, Darnold. I think Sam, Sam Darnold, Darnold, maybe not. He, yeah, he's had, he's had nearly 40 games in the NFL. I mean, he's still 12, though, isn't he? Isn't he like really? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, um, talking of quarterbacks, Washington quarterback Kyle Allen is to undergo season ending surgery. Alex Smith is to be the starter. I don't, I mean, I just have, I don't know about this whole Alex Smith as the starter thing. You've got Dwayne Haskins still. It's, I know they don't want to play him. Something's happened there with them and Dwayne Haskins for him to be completely eradicated from the quarterback situation. And Alex Smith in his first start, yeah, he probably should never have played football again. But I just don't know if Alex Smith is the guy to start for the Washington football team. I think what that is telling you is that the coaching staff do not want Dwayne Haskins on the roster because it, and it, it's, not, it, it's the fact that he's not developed. He's not developed at all. It's attitude. It's everything. It's attitude, application, and leadership. Doesn't have any of that. Um, and that's harsh, but that is what we're, that's what we're seeing. Mm. It's harsh that a 22, 23-year-old has to have all of that on his shoulder, but that is the job. Unfortunately, yes, there's a learning curve. But if Ron Rivera, and we're talking about a very well-respected NFL coach, and he's Listen, in his time, I've never known him to not give players a chance. He gave Haskins a chance. He didn't do the job. That, you know, there was a big question mark on Dwayne Haskins as a grade. He'd had one season where he played at Ohio State. Was he ever going to be good enough? I always thought, you know, when people, I thought at 15, he was worth the risk to Washington because what else did they have? They didn't mm-hmm. have a quarterback. They needed to take someone. He was worth, he was worth the risk. Yes, it's not going to pan out, but you understand the thought process as to why they took him and why no one else did, because no one else was that desperate. Because the only other QBs that went ahead of him were, I think it was just Daniel Jones, wasn't it? Who went at six to the Giants. Yeah. No, didn't Kyler go number one? Kyler went one. You're right. So Kyler went one, which was a bit of a shock. Jones, we knew, was going to go to the Giants. They took him at six, which was a shock. <laughs> It was, even though, even, though they, it, it, even, though they, even though we knew he was going to go there at 17. He thought that was their guy. They made the, the move. Um, by the way, um, just to let you know that um, in terms of Daniel Jones, he's 4-0 versus Washington now. Good. He, he and he's only won one game team. against the other 30 teams in the NFL. <laughs> and that was against Tampa last season. Well, there's a good bit of streaming advice. If Daniel Jones is playing the uh, Washington football team, start him in fantasy teams because he's going to get yeah. a dub. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so there's one. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think, you know, I think you have to start Alex Smith because he's not your future. He's not your, your long term, but he's a caretaker. And ultimately, when you've got, there clearly are players on the field that don't trust Dwayne Haskins. That's the, the bottom line. So you play, you play Smith, you see what you got in him. And do you keep him around next year? Who knows? But that injury to, to Kyle Allen, when I watched it, that was about one of the most gruesome things I've seen. It turns out it's not as bad as it looked. It's still a season ender, but uh, he's a sort of he'll be well ready before the the season. That I thought that I thought we were looking at broken leg, broken ankle, MCL, Ooh. ACL. Um, the ankle's going completely the wrong way. Stop it. Um, I don't. I don't need to know any leg injury in detail. No, I know. But yeah. So anyway. Um, I think you have to start Alex Smith. And, you know, what this does mean in fantasy football, as I said on Monday, you have to go out and buy J.D. McKissick everywhere. You just have to, because the guy's going to get eight to ten targets a game. Because that's what Alex Smith does. Chuck, you know, 
just nice, you know, check down, check down, check down, check down. JD McKissick's going to get all that. He's a PPR monster. He's like the Jameson crowd over the running back position. He's not going <laughs> to do a lot, but he's just going to catch every ball going. Okay. I need to go and grab him everywhere then. Uh, good segue again, positional-wise, Murph. Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey's status is in doubt after suffering a shoulder injury at the weekend. So that one game you got him back, he went out and scored about three gajillion fantasy points and then might not play again this week. Yeah, it looks like this week. I mean, to be honest, he's playing Tampa, so he's always narrowed down anyway, given how they stop the run. But He is Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> he is Christian McCaffrey, but you know he, he doesn't get those bazillion yards that he does against other teams um it's a week to week ultimately you just have to see and wait what happens i hope you didn't drop mike davis because if you did uh oh <laughs> did i give you mike davis in the vampire league uh i think i did yeah you might have done i think i did because christian mccaffrey was back oh by the way vampire league did you see my move i put on neil elliott this week no Oh, I uh, I was winning by 0.6. No one left to play except Michael Thomas. So I moved to Michael Thomas because I control the waivers, moved Michael Thomas to my bench and added the Jets' seventh-string wide receiver who was never going to play a snap in the NFL and then uh, swapped him for DJ Moore. So you're welcome. Oh, that's cruel. Yeah, I mean, I it, it's just all about maximum pain in this Vampire League for me. I'm enjoying it. Good. I'm enjoying it. And then finally, uh, Anthony Lynn on the Chargers' latest loss. Uh, at some point, things good, good things will happen. Do you know when they'll happen? So at some point. Uh... When Anthony Lynn gets fired. Oh. <laughs> I thought maybe, he's alluding, maybe, he's, maybe he's alluding to his own sacking. Oh, dear. Listen, I like Anthony Lynn. Nice guy. Saw him on Hard Knocks, thought, good bloke. Really good bloke. I'd go and have a beer with him. <laughs> lovely bloke he seems like a really nice bloke knowledgeable bloke you you don't survive as long as he has in the NFL he was an undrafted running back you don't do the things he's done in the NFL without being good but he's not good enough to be a head coach because you do not lose the amount of games that they lose every single week unless something is wrong and they don't have a bad team you look on paper you know their defense is terrible and they've got uh, Joey Bosa they've got Melvin Ingram. They've got, you know, they've got, uh, um, who's the cornerback? Chris Harris. Oh, yeah. and uh, Casey. Casey. They've got, they got so many good players. You know, they've got Justin Herbert, who looks the real deal. We're, we're missing so, a safety in the linebacker as well. Kenneth yeah, Murray's yeah. one of them. And yeah, there's, they've got a ton of players. They've got a ton of players and can't win football games. It's the coach. Could have told you this last year. Could have told you this the year before, even the year before that but you have the fundamentals of a good team there. There's some really good ball players there and they're not winning games. It's the coach. So last season you were going after the Giants GM job. Are you now sort of switching towards the Colts head coach? Chargers. Chargers, sorry. No, because I think the GM's done a good job. The, The GM has to put the team together. And you look at that roster, that roster is better than their record. Mm. That's a playoff roster for me. Tough division. You can argue that they could win nine, ten games and not get in. I'd accept that. I don't think it's the G. I don't think it's Tom Telesco's job, uh, fault. I think he's built a good roster. So maybe he's you not... should go, go, go and be the head coach then, Murph. Go and go... <laughs> that would be insulting to so many people if that happened. I, I, I think that they have a lot of good things, and I don't think it would take a lot for a good winning coach to go in there and flip them into a playoff or a playoff contending team. Yeah, agree. And then finally, and as a Chargers fan, you've got to be upset. You've got to be upset as a Chargers fan. Yeah. Because I mean, you look okay. at the talent, you get the hope every year, you, you seem to get better every year. They, they don't have a major deficiency. They've got a decent run game. All right. The offensive line, probably the biggest area they could improve on. But they've got great, great D everywhere. Got ball players all over. Got a great quarterback now. Got good offensive weapons. Fix the O line, you'll probably be a bit better. That's it. And then uh, a bit of breaking news. I'm going to say breaking it broke as we started. T.Y. Hilton says he's pretty much a full. I'll read it to you. It says, if my phone lights up, great stuff. T.Y. Hilton says he's very close to a return after being a full participant in the walkthrough. So uh, that doesn't really mean anything for fantasy right now because T.Y. Hilton's almost bench droppable from the bench because you're not starting him because he's, he's, he's been pretty terrible. <laughs> but Yeah, he's, he's not been good enough. He's um, not been good enough. He, I, I said you can drop him in leagues, and I still think that's the case. 
Right, it's time for the main segment, and for once, I've had a go at it, and I'm pretty excited about this. It's a little quiz about fantasy trade value, and now because we've we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks, <clears throat> excuse me, how people are valuing players at their ADP value rather than their current performance, and how like Murph talks about flipping players who necessarily you wouldn't think were the same value, but actually were overperforming the guy that was being offered. So I can't remember the example you gave last week, Murph, who you, who you got rid of, but there's players that are playing better than players who were drafted higher. And yet people are unwilling to trade for them or trade them because of name value. So we're going to start with a little, who am I quiz just to get you fired up Murph listeners. If you want to play along at home, you can play along at home. <laughs> I don't have an option for you to uh, chime in. I mean, there's probably a comment section somewhere. So the first one is, who am I? And uh, the the so this guy, Murphy, is a quarterback. He has a 71% completion rate. He's throwing for 2,151 yards. That's 8.4 a attempt. He's thrown six interceptions to 26 touchdowns. Who is this quarterback? Would you like a clue? I've got two in my head, and both of them are in the NFC South. That's not the clue I've got written down. But, <laughs> so, looking at the amount of touchdowns, I would say I would say it'd be Brady. Oh, incorrect. Teddy Bridgewater? That was incorrect. The okay. Uh, they, lead, the they lead the league in passing touchdowns. That's the clue. Pat Mahomes? Nope. Russell Wilson. Oh, okay. With 26. I thought he'd throw more interceptions than that. So did I. Right, the next guy, who am I, is also a quarterback. He has a 66% completion percent completion rate for 1,847 yards, 7.3 an average, 13 touchdowns through the air, and seven rushing touchdowns. Who am I? Uh, Josh Allen. Kyler Murray. That was my next guess. Yeah, he has the most rushing touchdowns to date. Okay. Now, this one is mind-boggling, and I think I've seen some correlation as to why this has happened. So this is another quarterback. He has a 58% completion rate. He's thrown for 1,883 yards at 6.2 an attempt, has 12 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Who am I? Carson Wentz. Correct. He's also been sacked a league-leading 32 times. A lot. I'm not surprised he's thrown that many interceptions if he's trying to get rid of the ball. Well, he didn't He didn't look good in the first half of the season. But yeah, the only reason I knew that is he, he's only thrown like seven or eight interceptions in, 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 in a season. Eight was his career high before this season. Right. The next one is a little bit of fun here. And if you get this, I will donate £20 to your chosen charity on January the 1st. <laughs> okay. So this is... I will give you... You're not going to get... I'll tell you what. This is worst attempts, worst yards per attempt so far this season for a running back, okay? He's had one attempt for minus 12 yards. I have a word. <laughs> Who am I? Oh, right. One attempt. For, so he's a, he's a running back. It, wait, so let's clarify. He's an actual designated yes, he running is. back. He's not I'll, like a... No, I've never heard of him. And the only reason I know this is a stat is because I accidentally clicked on the yards per attempt twice and he came to the top of the list. Wow. Okay. You're going to be Googling right now. No, I'm thinking one you, attempt one attempt for minus 12 yards. Minus 12 yards for a running back. That is ridiculous. So it would have been someone who would have got the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Oh my god! Um, I know. The fact they would have only got one attempt says it's someone I'm not really going to know all that well. I want to see this play to know how we got minus twelve rushing yards. I mean, I can, I can. I know players that have done close to that this season. So I tell you who he plays for. Yeah, he plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I. I, I, I am the player. Adrian Killins Jr. Yeah, we never no, got that. No, me neither. I don't even know he existed. Okay, uh, here's a fun one. We'll move on from who am I. Uh, who has more receptions as a running back, Derek Henry or Todd Gurley? Uh, that's a good question. What do you reckon? I reckon it's close. It's I don't think... very close. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a lot of difference between them. I would probably say, given that you've put this in this kind of question, I would lean Derek Henry. 
Yeah, see, I thought you might double bluff yourself. Todd Gurley leads by three. Oh. Gurley only has 13 receptions on yeah, the season. Yeah, I knew they were both very low. Yeah, you double bluffed me there. Nice. Okay, who am I? I have 21 receptions off of 39 targets, 315 yards, zero touchdowns, and I was drafted as the 33rd wide receiver off the board. Hang on, read, read those stats out again. 21 tar- receptions off 39 targets, 315 yards, zero touchdowns, and I was the 33rd wide receiver off the board in half PPR. Yep. No receiving touchdowns. No receiving touchdowns. So that rules out, like, Nikhil Harry. Would you like uh, a clue? Uh, I So before the clue, I would say Julian Edelman. Correct. Ding, 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 ding. My clue was that he was the one on the team he plays for. Right. Are you ready for this one? I like this one. Who am I? I have 37 receptions off of 54 targets for 436 yards. My longest is 56 yards. I have four touchdowns. And I also have 16 rush attempts for 108 yards and two touchdowns. Who am I? Right. Go through that again. Good Lord. 37 receptions or 54 targets for 436 yards. My longest reception is 56 yards. I have four receiving touchdowns. I also have 16 rushing attempts for 108 yards and two touchdowns. Who am I? So the only thing I, person I can think of wide receiver would get that kind of work would be someone like Curtis Samuel. Oh, no, you're wrong. Uh, this is the only wide receiver with over 100 rushing yards is your clue, and it isn't Curtis Samuel. You can have another guess. Not Bobby Trees. It is Bobby Trees. That's yeah, because he's done in. a few. Yeah, because he broke off a big run. Bobby Trees. Bobby get Trees. It. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now we have a couple of trade without names so these guys have relative fantasy football points scored to this point in the season these are the sort of things we were talking about people not doing because of trade name value so if you are after a running back and you have a wide receiver who has scored 126 fantasy points would you trade that wide receiver for a running back who has scored 120 fantasy points to date all day long wouldn't even hesitate Okay, so you would be trading DK Metcalf for James Robinson. Done. Yeah, I'd probably do that. And then the next one, you need a running back and you have a wide receiver again. Your wide receiver has scored 91.5 fantasy points. Your running back has scored 89.1. Would you trade the wide receiver for the running back? So what were the points? So the wide receiver has 91 and the running back has 89. Uh... Let's say you own the running back and our wide receiver needy. So your running back has scored 89 points and the wide receiver has 91. I'd probably look to get a bit more if I was wide receiver needy. But then that 91, hmm, I think it's close. I I think for me, given the fact that the running back is still putting up relative numbers, as long as they're not hurt or injured or anything like that, they've had their bye, I'd probably stick with the, the running back. So the running back is Joe Mixon, and the wide receiver is Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'd probably, yeah, I don't think it was enough there for me to to do it. Okay, and then I've I've put together a list of two players from each position who were drafted significantly further apart than each other. Okay. Uh, we'll start at the quarterback position. This guy was drafted as the QB twelve off the board. He has one hundred and eighty-seven fantasy points. He has a quarterback rating of 113, 20 touchdowns, and two interceptions. And the I know second who that is. Oh, go on then. Tell me who. The, well, the two interceptions gave it away. It's Aaron Rodgers. It was, and they were both in the same game, as they you were. well know. Yeah. And then so the so he was drafted as the quarterback twelve. The second quarterback was the fifth quarterback off the board. He has 183 fantasy points. Yes, yeah, so that's right. Sean Watson, just because he said quarterback five off the board. See, you're right. But it's interesting, isn't it, how he's thrown 15 touchdowns, five interceptions, uh, and you had to draft him seven quarterbacks. But that just the quarterbacks is pretty irrelevant. When you look at their overall ADP, uh, Deshaun Watson went 40th overall in half PPR, and Aaron Rodgers went twice the distance after him at 80 overall. And both of them are ahead of Lamar Jackson, who's the QB 13 right now. Exactly. Um, it's, it's just crazy when I was looking at this and I'm thinking these people not willing to trade because of name value and the, the players they're not willing to trade for when 
when you don't dive into the information you think this is like what what is happening here i mean the stuff you could be getting because you're not willing to drive is mad so let's move on to running backs this is the running back 34 off the board he has 100 fantasy points uh he's got a 117 attempts 22 receptions 109 receiving yards four rushing touchdowns and no touchdowns through the air so he was the running back 34 off the board and has 100 fantasy points the second guy was the running back 18 off the board. He has 104 fantasy points. Similar amount of attempts at 110, uh, less receptions at 18. He has five touchdowns on the ground and none through the air. So I reckon I know the first one. Go on then. Just You should know the first one. So, yeah, the fact that you said that, it's Ronald Jones. Yeah, and that's not because you're a Buccaneer, but because of where he was drafted at ADP 34. Part of that was ADP. Part of that was I just know his stat lines reasonably well. Um, The other one's interesting. So I'm trying to think of players who were drafted that high who have been disappointing, and I've got it to between two. I should have put the overall here. I'm sorry. I didn't have them in for uh, running back or wide receiver, but carry on. So uh, the two running backs I would say in that ADP range you mentioned would be David Montgomery, but he might have been slightly later. And the other one is James Connor. Correct, James Connor. I would have, should have said no at David Montgomery, but I was kind and let you have two guesses. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't actually know where David Montgomery went off the top of my head, but I think points-wise, I did it. Similar. I did it on relative points at the moment scored which is why the points are similar in Mm. the uh now this next one is the points are very different and i did this because of now one of them has missed a few games but of where they were drafted so the first wide receiver was drafted as the seventh wide receiver off the board has 102 fantasy points 30 receptions or 46 targets 373 yards and seven touchdowns Okay, I know who that is. Yeah, I, I realise now after I've done this, I've put way too many Buccaneers in here. And <laughs> That's then, uh, Mike Evans, the seven <laughs> touchdowns was the giveaway. Is. And then the next wide receiver was the 27th wide receiver off the board. He has 54 receptions of 79 targets, 695 yards and three touchdowns. Interestingly, their longest is within a yard of each other. One's, uh, Mike Evans has 50 and the other guy has 49 and the yards per reception are both 12. Who is the second wide receiver I mentioned? What were the stats again? He was 27th overall uh, wide receiver off the board. Okay. 54 receptions, 79 targets. He's 695 yards and three touchdowns. I haven't got any clues for this, but I can give you one if you need it. I have, I have two in my mind who I think this is. I don't know where they were taken off the board. Um, you said there was a big gap off the board. Yes. As in more than three rounds? Don't have the overall, but considering he was 20 wide receivers later than Mike Evans, I imagine it was. Mm, Okay. So my initial thought was DJ Moore, but I get the feeling that's not quite right. So the only other person I can think that sort of range of stats. If you get the side. CD Lamb? No, it's not CD Lamb. Did you see CD Lamb's toe tap catch on the sideline that weekend? Oh, superb. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, you know, it was Stefan Diggs. Wow, okay. I, I wouldn't have got that. Yeah, and he is currently the wide receiver five, I think. Yeah, he's a six. good season. Yeah, wide receiver six. I couldn't believe it. When I was looking down the list, I was thinking, who do I compare him to? Because obviously points-wise, uh, Stefan Diggs is 114, and then Devontae Adams is under him with 113, but you can't really use him because he's missed so many games. And then DeAndre Hopkins is just above him. I could have used him, but... One of the things that I found interesting on this as well is the ownership percentages on Fantasy Pros. They give you ownership percentages of the players. Yeah. Players like, for instance, um, Robert Woods is only 95% owned. So 5% of Fantasy Leagues out there, Robert Woods isn't owned. Those sorts of leagues will be um, like heavily customized leagues. Without Rams? Is that... (laughs) (laughs) No, it'd probably be things like, um, could be heavily IDP with just like one player per position, something like that. You you, you get this tolerance of about four or five percent leagues. I mean, we do wacky leagues, right? But we tend to do wacky leagues with loads of players. You can get wacky leagues with like no players, Uh, like touchdown only leagues and things like that. So that could be a 
a thing. You also get leagues that don't have, that don't add like new players. That's why someone like Lamar Jackson is like 99% owned, not 100% owned. Um, because you have leagues that sort of get to a point and they say, right, we're not adding any new players until like all these players retire. So there's a shrinking pool. Good Lord. Yeah, there's, that's what I mean. That's why it's uh, that's why you get that variance. I, I think, I don't think I've ever seen a player 100% owned um, for uh, those reasons. I could Ty- be wrong. I, there's, there's two on this, three on this list. Tyreek Ho- Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devontae Adams. Okay. But three out of how many NFL players? Yeah, exactly. That list, it, it goes down and there's not, I can't see another one for ages. Oh, there we go. Uh, Julio Jones. But they're all, apart from C- yeah, that's it. They're all reasonably older players. Mm, interesting point. And then finally, Murph, as we clock down towards the end of the show, let's do some tight ends. This one I found very interesting. The first one was the tight end 13 off the board. Has 30 receptions of 46 targets, 349 yards and three touchdowns. And the second tight end was the tight end 20 off the board. He had 22 receptions, 35 targets, 272 yards, but five TDs. I didn't tell you their fantasy points. Would you like to know them? Yeah, sure. First one is 67.9, and the second one is 68.2. So they're basically the same guy. Um, 67.9 and 68.2. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tight end 13, tight end 20. 20. So tight end 13, around that realm, around with those sorts of numbers. <laughs> the two in my head are Noah Fant or Jared Cook. No, sir. See, I this could be a trick question. It's not a trick question. I didn't put it in as a trick question, but it's Hayden Hurst. Now, I feel like at the end of the season, he was a lot higher on the tight end. Yeah, going. he was. He was going off tight end seven, tight end eight. So I just went off fantasy pros data. So apologies, mate. But yeah, that was Hayden so the, Hurst. Uh, so the other one with the five TDs and not a high yardage total. It should be much more gettable. I think it's um, Robert Tonyan. No. Have another guess. Do you think Robert Tonyan was drafted? I think people towards the end of the season were definitely drafting him. I think they were definitely drafting him given the fact that he was, it was him or Jay Sternberger. And I think towards the end of fantasy draft season, people kind of knew he was there. So the only other person who I think people were picking up at tight end 20, which I'm more shocked that there were people drafting 20 tight end, like it was 20 tight end drafting. <laughs> but the only other, so we're talking five TDs, right? So mm-hmm. with low yardage total, the only other person I can think of would be Jimmy Graham. No. It does begin wow. with a J. It's John O. Smith. He was no way the tight end 20. I'm not having that. I, I'm just going off Fantasy Pro's data, man. That I... is absolute hogwash. He was going, he was going in the bottom. He was going around 12. If I'm not shocked later. by that. If yeah, not if, later. Uh, I didn't see him much later. A lot of people bought into the hype of John O. Smith. Yeah. Okay. So I, I thought that was an interesting, I found it an interesting activity. I think activity is the wrong word there, but to go through that sort of thing, to look at players from that perspective, because then it might give you the impetus to then trade away people you are holding on to name value for rather than going after players who are currently performing, especially if you are around 500 or or needing wins to push towards 500 to get to the playoffs, because name value is not going to get you there. It's the points that will get you there. So. Yeah, 100%. I think that's that's the key is you have to look at the numbers they're putting up consistently. You have to look at the types of profile of player that you've got there. And I think there's some really good players that you can get that don't have that that name value um, that you can go and target. Um, people like Robbie Anderson, I think, is someone that you should go and target. You know, you've got other players, Justin Jefferson, T Higgins, they're players that you can go and go and target. Um you know, for me right now, if someone's, if I could shift Juju Smith-Schuster in season long for Justin Jefferson, I'm snapping it. I'm all day long. I am snapping that and getting it done. I just think that's not even close. One is a designated two with high volume. The other one is, you know, in a three and is never going to be the it's Never going to be the alpha. Two. Never, ever. Well, that I, I found it interesting, Murph, and I hope you did too, Rush Nation. And Murph, it was maybe a little bit of a rest for you from compl- coming up with the, with the whole show, Doc. So, Yeah, I, I said to you yesterday that I was having a real um, 
a real struggle with the uh, creativity of what this show could be for this week. I was just sort of struggling, so I appreciate that uh, a lot. Well, as long as it didn't bore the socks off you, but hey. It definitely didn't. You can, you can have the reins back next week. Rush Nation, that is all for the Tuesday flagship. Don't forget to check out Five Yard College on a Wednesday. Don't forget to check out the DFS boys on a Thursday. Don't forget to ch- check out the Fast Action Friday, well, on the Friday. And then don't forget to check out Murph for this matchup pod later on in the week. Yeah, Big it starts it out tomorrow as well. Um, so definitely get tuned into that. And do you know what would be really good, Rush Nation? There's two things that would be really good. One, write us a review, please. We're getting so close to 100 reviews. They kind of dried up a little bit. Just please, if you've got the time, borrow your wife's phone if you've written this (laughs) one before. Anything you can do to to write us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they're called, right? That would would really mean the world. you know, we're going to do some more cool stuff on, on Patreon, but you know what? I understand it's a tough time, tough economy. If you can't join the Patreon and you can't donate, and I understand 100%, write us a review, please. Just anything like that is really, really helpful. But yeah, the second is if you have any content that you are really seeking. So if there's something you think, actually, do you know this would make uh, my reading, my research better? There's more things I, I kind of want pitch us just let us know what it is even if you don't feel comfortable writing it and we'll see what we can do and if we think there's value to it then then we will do it um we're churning out so much content at the moment the website is literally bursting at the seams with the amount of of traffic (laughs) it gets at the moment which is which is great um you know we set a target or i set a target for website visits by the super bowl um i think we're we're about there (laughs) i don't think we're far off so um keep reading and consuming the content but also anything you want to see on there let us know we'll let you know if we can do it 100 percent. right big man i'll let you get off enjoy your evening rush nation this has been an absolute pleasure video watchers we salute you for watching us not in the studio right now one day when this covid business is over we will be back those hallowed walls will be graced once more we might have to get the dusters out and, and dust a little bit here and there because i imagine a few eight-legged friends have moved in but hey the important stuff's right here with us. You've got me, you've got Murph, you've got the team. This has been an absolute blast, man. Tuesday's best day of the week, Rush Nation. You stay safe in these lockdown times. If you're in the UK, elsewhere, just stay safe. And uh, we'll see you when you see us tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all week long. Rush Nation, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. 
Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.